Good morning, Storyside. Didn't you enjoy that time of worship today? Man, what a great spirit that we sense during worship today. We have a lot of people joining us online. Here's just a few of them. Mike Shrek, uh, Michelle Beveridge, I love you, Beveridges. The McCullough family, Bridget, continuing to pray for your family and everything taking place. I know not only working, but you're caring for your family and probably uh, stretching yourself thin, but praying for your family and Bridget for you, for strength. Uh, Ash Smith, Neil and Sherry Anderson, Mark Morin, uh, my fellow hockey player. Mark is starting in goalie tonight, I believe, his first game. Uh, Mark, I'm glad you're online and Gallion with his family, the Goon family. The list goes on. Storyside, would you welcome hundreds of people joining us online? Let them know how awesome it is to have them today. And I just want to give a shout out, even as Chance and Faith was up here uh, sharing with you about integrity and the kids' ministry and the domino effect. You know, Chance and Faith probably aren't aware of all of this, but I was just thinking even watching the baskets pass. And, you know, some of you, whether in the room or online, you never really know where your giving goes. Uh, and for some people, they'll, they'll use that as a reason to say, well, I'm not giving. Uh, you know, staffing is 37 to 40% uh, of, of every dollar that comes in to be about 37 to 40% of that dollar goes to staffing. Then you have 10% goes to missions and outreach. Then you have monies that go to admin and different things. And we often show the pie chart of where, of where your money goes, but you don't really specifically know that child and kids ministry or, or wherever that may go. But just this week, we had one of our HVAC units go down uh, and in the kids ministry, and that's what was intriguing. I'm sitting down there listening to Chance and Faith and the HVAC unit, we have several of them here on, on property, uh, but just this one was $27,000 uh, for the unit to be, repair, uh, to be replaced. And I was just thinking of children that maybe you don't even know. If I said, tell me their name right now, you wouldn't be able to tell their name, uh, but you're providing heating uh, in a classroom, in a new expansion, children that are hearing about integrity and some of those words they were saying. Uh, and we probably won't even know the domino effect until we get to heaven, right? We probably really won't know uh, that all of our giving and generosity, whether it was missions or kids or the next hundred things. But I want to thank you for being generous, Storyside, uh, especially in 2020. In a season like this, it's easy, it's easy to hold on, or, or some even hoard, uh, but it's easy to hold on. Uh, but I want to thank you for being a church that continues uh, to live your life with open hands, and I appreciate it. Uh, today we're going to do things a little bit different. I'm joined on the stage with a panel of individuals, and uh, we are going to continue our honor series, and I am really excited to have the panel uh, that we have uh, today. I do want to share one thing before we go into our morning message and continuing on honor and that is that my good friend, Rabbi William Holbrook, is going to be in the house Thursday. So Thursday is our first Thursday of the month, our first Thursday service. Rabbi Holbrook's going to be in the house again with me on Thursday night, and I hope you can make it. I hope you can invite someone uh, to come and to be part of that. Anyone just in, in the room, I know I can't see everyone's faces online, but anyone in the room, you just love the fall season like the leaves and maybe whether it's going to Mohican or out in the woods. This is my favorite time of year, the fall season. Uh, even out this morning, just I know it was raining, but taking walks and stuff, I love the fall season. Uh, I'm always intrigued when you're walking. You know, we went a few weeks back through Mohican, uh, Angel and I and, and our kids, but I'm always intrigued when you're out walking, hiking, you know, in the woods, uh, those of you that go outdoors for a variety of reasons. But 
uh, if you're in the woods and you see the initials of, of names like hearts and who loves who and it's carved in a tree, is anyone else intrigued by all the people that take sharp knives on a date? Uh, like, <laughs> sort of a unique approach. But um, we, have, we have Zach on the stage. We have Judge McKinley on the stage. We have Pastor Vic uh, on the stage today. <clears throat> So we have several different areas that we have Latinos that gather uh, every week, and Pastor Vic uh, not only uh, using some office space here at our, our Belleville location, and I love when he's here on site, uh, but overseeing all of those Latino groups and then also at the prison, and every time I hear updates of you baptizing uh, at the prison and stuff, I'm really glad Pastor Vic was able to be here today. We have a school teacher, Nicole Reinhardt, uh, is on the panel today. Counselor Regina Powers is on the panel today, and then in the back, our kids coordinator and one of the great leaders here at StorySide. I'm so proud of Chance Barnett. He is on the panel today as well. And so StorySide, just one fell swoop. Would you appreciate all those who have agreed to sit on our panel today? <clears throat> so we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about honor and as is the norm, I've shared a, a few thoughts with some of you um, to be prepared for today, but we've not really necessarily scripted the questions or the flow today. I, I really just want to let the Holy Spirit lead us and see where we park, where we land, uh, what, what we feel is beneficial to those in the room and online. And specifically, we're going to talk about the danger of dishonor and how we want to be a church that prioritizes honor. And the reality is that honor is usually put to the test when there's differences, right? Everyone say differences. So, for, for, example, uh, for example, I prefer elevators. My wife, Angel, she prefers escalators. And I guess we were just raised differently. Um, that's not funny. That's, my wife actually told me not to tell that joke. When I told it to her, she's like, babe, that's dumb. Don't tell that joke. Uh, <laughs> Pastor Matt likes it. Uh, so, no, that's not funny. Um, but on a serious note, I, I, I do think people are raised differently. They, they sometimes have different choices and decisions that their family said, you know, this is what we drive, or this is the decisions we make, or this is… And sometimes it, it, it filters in even to the church. And people can say, well, I am, fill in the blank, Baptist, Pentecost, Presbyterian, whatever, and we're right, and everyone else is not as right as us. And so sometimes in those differences, honor is really put to the test. It's really put to the test. Can I honor someone who is different than me? And we often say here that uh, differing, even, even disagreements, uh, that does not excuse dishonor. That does not give you and, you and I uh, a right to dishonor someone. And so those are some of the things we're going to talk about today. When you look at the word honor, I believe it's a kingdom concept, Regina. And maybe I'll even start with you, but I believe it's a kingdom concept. Just in the New Testament alone, the word kingdom is mentioned 162 times. And so sometimes people will say, you know, Micah, are you left? Are you right? Hopefully we're up. Honestly, ho hopefully we have a, a third option, a kingdom option, and what does God's Word say 
And what, and what would Jesus recommend in this moment that I do? And so for the person out there, Regina, you know, I, I so admire not just your degrees and certification and, and all of that of counseling, which, which I do, but I have watched Regina Powers for years and years and years now just lead with such grace and truth as a Christ follower. And, you know, I'll often ask you, Regina, what do you think of this? Even as I'm pastoring, you know, you, you, you have an office here on site. And I'll often ask you, what do you think of this? What's your input? For that person out there today that's saying, that's great that you're telling me to honor in school or honor on my job or honor in church, but I feel like I've been dishonored. I've been dishonored. People have said, people have done. So you know the brain much better than I. When I hear you talk about the brain and the amygdala and triggers and all of these things, what would you say to that person in the room or online that could almost be ready to log off right now? Like, I'm going to watch another church. I don't want to hear about honor and dishonor. What, what would you say to that person that's dealing with the emotions of saying, I would like to, to live an honorable life, uh, but it's not easy? Thank you. Um, it's not always easy. I think what we have to look at is, and, and accept that it's not easy, because when we encounter, like you said, something that's different or we're not used to or we don't understand, we will usually respond in one of three ways. We will reject it, we will rebel against it, or we will research it. That's and good. I think to honor someone, we're going to be able to say, how can I understand? We're gonna, we want to seek to understand. So we're going to ask questions. We're going to want to know, instead of jumping to conclusions or assuming something, we want to ask them, help me understand how you came to this conclusion. So we're learning about them and what is more honoring than to learn about another person. When we've been dishonored or we think we've been dishonored, not responding to that with dishonor, Anytime we respond or react to someone based on what they did, we just handed them all of our power. We wow. just gave it all away to them because our power is our choice. So when someone says something dishonoring to us or acts in a way that, that is dishonoring and we do the same back to them, we've just handed to them. We've said, okay, you get to make my choice for me rather wow. than us being able to know who we are in Christ and live from that place. Can you say again those three things? When, when it happens to us, we are either going to... Yep. When we don't understand something or we encounter something different, we will rebel against it, we will reject it, or we will research it. That's so good. I actually was reading a scripture this morning, and I posted it on social media and, and sent it to the team if they would put on the screen. Um, but I, the scripture that I read uh, that I wanted you to see was uh, Matthew 5.46, and I'd sent it to the team earlier, but even hearing you talk about when someone does it to us, natural reaction, we can want to just do it back to them. But here's what the verse said, if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt uh, tax collectors do that much. And so the element of if someone's going to dishonor me, I'm just going to dishonor them. Um, but I think this kingdom concept calls us to a higher level, calls us to a higher level. 
Regina, what would you say? Just let me stay here a little bit. Uh, I, I heard just the other day, and I thought this was staggering, but I heard the other day that there are 93 million selfies taken every day. 93 million selfies taken every day. I, I think even in the room or online, it can be very easy for all of us, myself included, it can be very easy for all of us to think, my opinion, my preference, my feelings, my thoughts, this is what I think should happen in our country, this is what I think should happen in our church, this is what I... How, how can we try to even take a few steps to rise above this selfie kind of nation, maybe even world that we live in, to say it's not just about me? Like, life is not just about me. What are some of the steps that we can take, whether it's even mentally and emotionally, to, you know, the Bible would say, don't just look at your own needs, consider the needs of others. What are, what are some of the things that would come to mind uh, when you look at trying to live a life that's not so self-centered? That's good. Uh, and part of this, too, and I don't think this is self-centered, is we have to know when we're living out of deficit, when we're living out of deficit, we will tend to dishonor others. Even in the simple of, if we're not getting enough sleep, and we go day after day and we're not getting enough sleep, our chances of being honoring have been minimized That's because good. we don't have the resources. That's good. So when we're living out of a place of deficit that we're not, we're not praying, we're not looking to God for our strength and to fill us, we have nothing to give. And it's not about filling us up so that we just hoard it or keep it, but it's always about being filled up so that we can pour out. But if we live in a place of deficit, whether it's knowing who we are, whether it's um, our past, whatever it is that is not filling us up, we don't have that to give. We're giving from what we have. Mm. And so when we're able to, to allow others to pour into us, we're able to pour that out and when we're able to receive from God the good things of life, we're able to pour that out. Does that make sense? That's really good. That's really good. So story side, we, we have talked over the years, but even the last few weeks we have talked about, there's such a wide variety of ways that we can live a life of honor. So you, you could honor God, you could honor God first and foremost in your life when we sing things like, even today, nothing else will do, I just want you. It's our way of saying, I want to honor God. Uh, you honor God in your giving. You honor one another. Um, you know, the, Bi the Bible says in Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. And the reality is, I'm not asked for a show of hands, but I think if, say we looked at marriages or relationships parent to child or child to parent, and if anything, sometimes media and culture and society can promote dishonor. Give people a piece of your mind. Tell them what you really think. Get it off your chest. But this, this up mindset, this up concept I'm talking to you about today I think it calls us to a higher level, it, and, and it's saying whether it's your home or your community or your job, look for ways to outdo each other in showing honor. 
Uh, let, let me be the one that if I walk in the room, that room's going to be better when I leave. I'm not going to walk in the room and gossip and be negative and criticize, give a piece of my mind, and when I leave, the room is lower than when I came. When I leave the room, the room is higher than when I came because I'm going to be the salt and light. I'm going to come with, with positivity. Uh, but, but I just I want to encourage all of you as you listen to these people share today the importance of living a life of honor. Uh, one, one, thing, one thing that we touched on last week, Nicole, uh, and I greatly appreciate, I don't know if they even have them in the back, but we go out of our way for years now uh, to try to honor uh, the schools. And we've, we've given gift cards before when we heard about teachers that didn't have enough monies to you know, provide resources. I, I didn't realize years ago a lot of teachers take money out of their own pocket sometimes to, to resource their classes and so we have given hundreds and hundreds of dollars of gift cards and things. This week, uh, we went to schools and we took uh, uh, platters of candies and snacks and took them to schools in, in Morrow County and Knox County and Richland County. And uh, I don't know if we've got pictures of all of that, but we were dropping them off to the schools. I, I think I would speak on behalf of all of StorySide uh, that, that whether or not teachers are teaching in schools or teachers that had to learn the technology side of it on the fly, you know, in 2020, we greatly appreciate, and I'm looking at someone who loves Jesus. You love school, love education, love kids, but Nicole Reinhardt loves Jesus. Uh, I think as a church, uh, we, would, we would say together how greatly we appreciate uh, teachers and we value what you do. So, Nicole, as as a parent, you know, we, we would have four children here on earth, and then I believe we have a fifth in heaven, our, our miscarriage, Angel and I. But a lot, a lot of responsibility, yes, is on, on parents. And then church, you heard Chance and Faith talk earlier, we play our part as a church to mold and shape. Teachers like yourself, you also have uh, that piece of the pie, that portion of time that you spend with children. What are some of the ways from your angle, uh, from your perspective, that even from a young age, that we don't want to wait until they get like 18 and then begin to teach them honor and ethics and, and things of that nature? What, what are some things that even as a teacher you would say that you hope honor is in that, that young child's life? Are there things that through the lens of a school teacher where you would say that you see dishonor try to creep in in our society? Are there some ways that you would say, Pastor Mike, I would love for honor to be elevated with our sons and daughters in this area? What comes to mind when we talk about the danger of dishonor and honor? So uh, I taught kindergarten for 10 years and currently in my fourth year of first grade, so I do the littles. <laughs> But even at a very young age of five and six, you, you just naturally can tell if a child, how they are brought up. Um, and in the classroom, those seven hours a day are crucial. Mm -hmm. And it's not even so much as teaching them the academics, it's the social, the social world and nurturing and loving those children and letting them know that the classroom is a safe place. And once they know the classroom is a safe place, they will share with you. And just letting that child know that I love you and I care for you. And I know I only have them for a year, but that year I can impact one child 
that's all that matters. That's really good. And Nicole. just teaching them respect. I use the, the word integrity a lot, Chance, in my classroom. Uh, just letting them know that even if I'm not watching or mom and dad aren't watching, you should always be doing the right thing. And five and six-year-olds know what, what is right and wrong. And so it's my job as an educator to carry that through in my classroom and make that child aware when they did something wrong, why you did it wrong, and that there are consequences for our actions. So It's really good. I, I know I shared it a few moments ago, but it really, really matters to me. Um, I, I say it often because I don't want to start listing all the teachers and coaches that come here but I've got one coach in Lexington said he'll sometimes take sermon notes and use them for his, his team uh, to share with them. But so many teachers and coaches and things across multiple counties that attend here. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you uh, for your heart for Jesus because I know that makes a difference. You, you can take, whether it's Regina or you or anyone else, you can take the degree, you take the education, but there is something special about God's hand that rests upon all of that, uh, and I deeply appreciate you and all of the others that value the education of our children. Uh, so, Chance, you have shared with me, and I'm not sure the details that you could even go in, but you, you, you have shared with me, and may, maybe back up and just tell a little bit of your story. You know, I say how proud I am of you, uh, but at 15, 15 and a half, you know, you were not in a good place. Maybe share a little bit of your story and how coming to StorySide, one of the things, one of the things you learned was just teachings on honor and how that affected even your basketball career. Uh, and I know maybe you won't say it, but my little boy, he like idolizes Chance in a good way, not only as a leader in things, but Micaiah plays basketball, one of several sports. Chance is the fourth all-time leading scorer at Clear Fork. Uh, and so just, you know, when, when you talk about your story, your testimony, and Jesus saving you, learning honor, I, I love, I've only heard you talk about it a time or two to me, but I love when you talk about how it shifted even how you treated teammates and coaches. Do you, do you mind sharing a little bit of that? So, uh, yeah, like you said, when I was around 15, um, was in a really bad place at the time, dealing with depression, um, and through uh, internship at the time, actually, we just kind of stumbled into signing up for an internship at a collide night, and out of that, went to Central Youth Conference, and I've shared before that I prayed before I went to Central Youth Conference. I remember uh, crying in the bathroom and just praying to God. I pray that, looking in the mirror and praying, I pray who this is right now dies in Kentucky, and I went to Central Youth Conference. My life was totally changed from that point forward, really. But as I progressed through that and internship and teachings from Pastor Ethan, Pastor Josiah, you, and we learned about honor, I started thinking of ways that I could apply honor to my life. And in particular with sports and basketball was a huge part of my life at that time. And I realized that I started to realize sort of the danger, the effects of dishonor in my life when I started realizing that I had very negative perceptions of some of my coaches. And I started like thinking, well, why is that? Um, and I think a lot of it came from conversations behind the scenes, whether it was with teammates, uh, friends, parents, whoever it was with. 
And when we got in those groups, you could almost egg it on of, well, this coach is so this, and I hate that they do this, and that was the wrong call. You know, you shouldn't have wired. Well, that's a bad game plan. And we start almost egging each other on with dishonor. And it started affecting how I was enjoying the game because I was, I was being affected by that dishonor. So I wasn't enjoying it as much anymore. And wow. uh, I started to just try to change it by just the simple, uh, the simple um, practical application of referring to them as coach. Whenever I talked about them, I started, I started limiting those conversations and I started referring to them as coach. It was, I don't, I don't want to say names, but it was no longer like Bob. No, now it was Coach Bob or uh, Coach John, like whoever it was. It started referring to them as coach. And I realized when really I started chance. referring to them as coach, they didn't seem like a buddy anymore. And they started seeming like someone who could actually help me improve my game. And out of that, I actually started enjoying it more because I wasn't looking for reasons to be upset about a play, a call they made or something they said in practice. I was just looking to enjoy the game because I started honoring them. And I think it could even flow over into how, any, for any athletes out there, for how we treat uh, officials, how we treat uh, other teams that we're playing yep. and stuff. Yep. Um, you know, you have people who, I think you, you can see it a lot of times with players who are dishonorable to officials, and it's like, well, we should be appreciative that they've taken time out of their week, they've done trainings and courses so we can play a fair game, and they're going to do the best at that as they can. Let's not be dishonorable to them. Let's refer to them as sir. And even out of that, I could recognize I was having a better relationship with officials and enjoying the game more because I wasn't so mad at officials all the time. That's good, Chance. You know, honor, honor is hard sometimes. Uh, so some people in the room and on, online can honestly probably tune out some of this, be like, no, uh, I, don't like your, I don't like your up mindset. Honor is not always easy. Uh, Chance, what, what, would you, what would you say, and again, these things are not scripted, so I'm not even sure how you'll answer it. Uh, we can edit it out or just pretend the camera breaks here. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, Chance, you're younger. I always joked about even when you were 18, 19, your beard is so amazing. Uh, I was in the lobby one Sunday. I had like two women, probably 30, 35 at that time. He's now married to Faith and stuff. But I had like older women, probably 30, 35. I was like, hey, that guy on the stage today, what's his name and number? And I was like, he's 18. Uh, come on, cougars. Um, edit that part out. Even when I said it, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. That's two things my wife's going to say I shouldn't have said. Um, that was bad, wasn't it, Regina? I feel my face turning red. Um, <laughs> I apologize. That wasn't honorable. Um, Chance, uh, your, your generation, so I, I try not to do this. I don't like when people always say, millennials are lazy, millennial, you know, they're entitled. I'll hear people say that often. Well, I know a lot of millennials that are amazing. Uh, and so I don't like just like lumping them all together in one big group. But what would you say, you know, I'm going to be 48 soon, and I love that God has blessed me with people like you in my life. You, you help me a lot. What would you say to your generation and to even the younger generation, but what would you say to those people that maybe are being raised, that rebellion, opinions, 
giving a piece of your mind, almost revolting. What, what would you say to your generation when it comes to them being at this crossroads right now? Um, what, what would you say to them when it comes to things like honor? I think to start with, as we were talking about earlier with integrity and stuff like that, we all want to be good people with integrity. And I think when we dishonor, one thing that I, I've, I've I learned it years ago, but one thing that stands out to me, when we dishonor, if I am to, to, to dishonor someone, that is going to say more about me than it is about the person I'm dishonoring. Yeah, that's good. So as Regina mentioned, we have that choice. If I'm going to choose to be dishonorable back, and I can justify it as, well, they said this, and they did this, and you don't know how they can be or the tone they can have, and when I start to justify it as that, it's it's not really saying a whole lot about them. It's saying more about chance. And so I think to a younger generation, understanding that when we dishonor, it's it's really saying a lot about us, but then also... Um, we are the ones who are going to pay the price for that dishonor. So whether it's in division, whether it's in arguments, and whether it's in our own uh, personal happiness, it could even be with whether it's teachers, coaches, pastors, whoever it is, when we dishonor, it's going to affect not only our relationship with them, but what we can receive from them. So we have parents, leaders, pastors in our lives who are able to pour into us, who have uh, wisdom beyond our years that could help us avoid things in our lives. But if we're dishonoring, if we don't view them as that, if we don't hold them uh, up in a position of honor, suddenly we can't receive that wisdom, we can't receive that point of view or perspective because we have so much frustration and dishonor to them that we don't want to hear it. That's good, Chance. That's good. Guys, I, I could talk about honor for the next two hours. Uh, I love hearing your, your perspectives on honor, um, even in the room and online. I just, you know, if, if you're listening today, if you're watching and you're thinking, you know, who am I supposed to honor? Like, what, who's on the honor list? Is it my coach? Is it my parent? Is it like, who's on my honor list? I want to read a verse of Scripture to you, 1 Peter 2.17. It says, 1 Peter 2.17 says, honor Here's your honor list. You ready? Honor. You say, but I don't like my neighbor. I don't like this one teacher. Still doesn't excuse you to dishonor them. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor honor the emperor. Uh, Pastor Vic, you, you have shared with me, and I love, like deeply love, what God is doing. I'm so grateful. We don't have time to get into it, but that God crossed our paths. What a miracle that was. I mean, I, I'm at the gym one morning working out with the guy. He has to take his AirPods out. Hey, I was thinking of you. I met this Latino guy. And little did I know that that moment would bring you and, and Natalie into my life. You, you've asked me to be your pastor and, and things a few years back. But I deeply love your family and I love what you are doing in Ohio. Uh, with the Latinos. And when, when you and I have talked, you have shared several things that you feel shifted when you came to StorySide several years back, one of which was you said you felt like honor uh, shifted in your life. Do you mind maybe just expounding on that a little bit? How do you feel like honor changed or was elevated in your life? 
Testing one, two. Boom. And I'm the technical guy. <laughs> so you want the answer in Spanish or English? I English. so bad want you to talk in Spanish. Okay. Maybe I'll have my problem. Hablamos yeah. Español. yeah, so <laughs> we, we, have, we have some of the Latino groups online right now, right? Yes. Some of yeah, the why don't Russians. you give a shout out to them? Say something to them. I, I know Mucho Abrazo, I think, right? That's a big <laughs> hug or something. Yeah. Uh, I love you. They actually gave me, the Latino <laughs> groups gave me a basket that brought me to tears. So if you're watching, they gave me a basket of all kinds of like different snacks yep. and some gift cards and you all sign your name in a card. It seriously brought me to tears the other day when I got it. So thank you to all of you that are watching. I love you. But Pastor Vic, why don't you say hello to, to your groups online and then maybe share just where you feel honor has, has been elevated. Sure. I feel funny saying that in front of you guys. It's like... <laughs> I need a translator, but um, no, nah, let's go back to, let's go back to this. Um, one, of the, one of the things that impacted me, us, the most when we first visited here, so most people don't even, probably don't even know this, but we were visiting for like almost a year before we decided to make the shift and make the change and become part of StorySite. And one of the first things that we noticed was that honor culture that was so engraved, not only in the pastor, but in the entire congregation. As soon as we came on staff and we came on the, on the team, all of a sudden, it's like this, this wave of honor that I've never experienced before. All of a sudden, just kind of enveloped us, and, and it taught us something very important. And the thing was that, you know, honor is important. Honor, honor, honor is almost like, I would say, it's, it's everything. Um, and it's something that when, when, you've, when you're mixed into a culture that, where you don't see that as often, and all of a sudden you jump in here, it's like, okay, I, I get it. I appreciate it. I understand why you do this and why you do that. Um, even as Latinos growing up, I mean, I, you probably have done this before, but I remember growing up, it was all about respect. You know, you, 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 we, we waited for my father to come home and nobody dared touch the dinner plate or the dinner table. It was just like, you know, he had to take a shower, come in the table, say grace, and then we can eat. Um, it was all about that, but I feel that honor goes beyond that. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it's all about, it's, it's almost in that sense of father and sons, it's almost about obedience. Because obedience goes beyond the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. You know, what happens when your parents are not there? I think uh, one of you were saying it. You know, what happens when, when your teacher is not there? What happens when your pastor is not there? Um, you know, it's okay, they tell you this, don't do this, so they try to give you advice, and then, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat or when they're not there, you're not, you're not obeying that. And so that's dishonoring. And sometimes that can cross into the church. I mean, we're here raising hands saying, God, you know, nothing else matters, nothing else matters, nothing else but you. But then when we leave the church, we try to fill our lives with other stuff that, that we, it just kind of contradicts what we were saying just a few minutes ago in service. Um, and so uh, I, I kind of veered off there, I feel like. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, but anyway, um, you know, that's one of the first things that we noticed here at StorySide. And, and I, when we left the church, me and Natalie were talking I said, hon, I don't think I've ever experienced that before, and I've made it my life mission to make sure that everyone that comes to our church feels the exact same way when they visit us for the first time. And so even that has become part of our culture and our, and our church. As Latinos, we honor each other, and we talk about it, we, we teach it, and uh, I'm so thankful that we have a group of leaders and a group of uh, a, a team that God has brought around us that knows what that is like and follows it and, yeah. and teach it to others. When I preached a few months ago uh, for you guys in Cleveland, and you know Pastor Matt uh, and a couple of guys went with me, and when we went in, 
and the worship, and you're holding up the following Jesus book, but it's in Spanish, and just the whole service, I thought StorySide would be so proud of everything you guys are doing, and I know they don't get to see it all the time, but I just hope you know how much we love and appreciate you, uh, Pastor Vic and Natalie. <clears throat> So when, when I read the verse of Scripture, Pastor Vic, honor everyone, I, I think that's important for us to mean everyone. So whether or not that's like honor the unborn, you know, when the Bible says, I knew you in the womb, uh, when you were being knit together, I think we honor the unborn. I think we honor, you know, our kids, our students. When people say, they're the church of tomorrow, I'm like, no, they're the church right now today. Like, so I think we need to honor uh, our children and our students. I think we honor... Uh, you know, all generations, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I think, you know, the Bible talks about honoring the aged. I think we should go out of our way. Just this week, we were taking, this week we're taking groceries to some of our seniors and stuff that we just know times are unique for them. And so we're delivering groceries and stuff to, to our, I think we honor the aged in a lot of different ways, but it's honoring everyone. Not only is it an age thing to me, but when I say, Pastor Vic, that honor is tested sometimes in diversity. Uh, I don't like when I am in a setting, not just the church, it could be over breakfast or, or walking into some of those rooms or places and you feel racism. I've, I, don't, I don't like racism. Um, what would you say, Pastor Vic, even in our relationship, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada, we're sitting here in Belleville, Ohio, uh, you're over Latino ministries and stuff. I can't speak for every other church, we can only talk about story side. But what are some of the things that you would say that you're thankful for when it comes to us saying in the eyes of God, it's not someone here and some, even their age or race or we, we are all one body of Christ. Uh, what, what's some of your thoughts when it comes to keeping unity in those areas? Amen. Um, as, you were, as you were saying that, I just remember the, uh, one of the first things that we learned here was honor up, honor down, honor all, honor all around. around. And so it doesn't matter if you're for the left or the right, if you're white, black, Latino, whatever, you know, we're supposed to honor each other. Um, I think, again, I think that goes beyond just the word honor, because yep. it, like you said, it's something that you feel. Yep. You know, it's, you can feel when somebody honors you even before they mention anything, before they say anything. Um, and so when it, when it comes down to it, um, we have to have a mindset. It's not, again, it's not just for words. It's not just for actions. It's just that you know that you're, that you're honoring this person with your sheer presence, how you treat them, how you look at them, how, how you know, what you do, again, be in, in their absence. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. What was the question? No, it was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Rabbi Williams here. He was saying a lot of that back then. But anyway, <laughs> I love you, Rabbi. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I think you were talking about unity and stuff like that. Even that... Um, you know, when we come together as a body of Christ, um, we are the church, and, and that reflects Christ to the world. And so um, I was looking up, you know, even in preparation for this, I was looking up the word honor, and the word honor in Hebrew is the word kabat. Now I feel like Rabbi Williams right now, but <laughs> in, um, in Hebrew is the word kabat, where we get kabat, which is, is used to describe the glory of God. So if, even when we honor each other, we're expressing the glory of God, and the glory of God yep. is when we express Christ to the world. Yep. The glory of God was in this world when Christ reflected God to the people. He said, everything you hear me say, everything I do, is because I see my Father say, is because I see my Father do. 
um, when we do that here, when we, when we, the way we reflect Christ is giving glory to God and to each other. And so we honor each other. We're giving glory to God. That's good. And so when we come together in unity, it doesn't matter, again, if you're a white, black, Latino, whatever, um, that reflects Christ because it's all about unity. Yeah. In heaven, there's not going to be like whites here and blacks there and Pentecostals in the back or, you know, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, Give it's, him a it's, crazy it's... <laughs> praise, Pastor Vic. Give him a crazy praise. We're going to be started. We're going to be started. <laughs> but uh, no, before, you know, you, heaven is, 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 is all together. Yeah. It's united, you know. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, and it's not, and again, it's not something that, that you have to necessarily feel to do. I call it a responsibility. I call, I mean, it, it, it goes beyond that. I mean, sometimes, you know, when, if we, it's like love. You know, we don't, you don't have to feel like love. I was having a conversation. Um, I'll, I'll end with this. I'm sorry. I'm taking too long. You're making um, me nervous. I'm just Another 20 minutes? Fast, I'm <laughs> um, no, um, I was having a conversation with uh, one of our parish and, um, and uh, without saying names or anything like that, we're talking about forgiveness um, and how that's difficult, especially when you've been hurt. Uh, you know, what it's, what it's like to forgive other people. And, and, uh, and, I, and I told this person, I said, you have to learn to forgive. It's not just for them, it's for you. And, and this person looked right back at me and said, I can't. And I said, you're right, but it's not about you. You can't, but in Christ, yeah, all things all are possible. Things. And, and so even when it comes to those difficult moments where we feel, I don't like honoring this person. I don't feel like honoring this individual. Um, and we kind of we bring the culture of the world inside. Like if you, you have to give respect to get it. You have to give honor. Only if you get it do you give honor. It's not about that. It's about the fact that it's not about a feeling. It's about the fact that you, you just have to. That's it's in, in Christ you can. In Christ you can. It's not about our strength. It's about his strength. Yep. Because he gives us the strength that we need to do the things that we need to do. All that's right, I'm going to end it there. No, I've, I've heard it said. That's good, Pastor Vic. I've heard it said that with forgiveness, with honor, with some of these things that are not always easy, don't wait for it to be a decision. Make it a discipline. And I think that's really good advice because if you're always waiting for it to be a decision, you may not feel like making that decision. But if you make it a discipline, uh, it's something you can live by. So uh, again, I, I wish I had an hour to, uh, to talk over some, some things with these next two gentlemen, but let me start with you, Zach. So Zach has served our country. Uh, Zach is currently in law enforcement, and whether or not it's military serving our country or law enforcement, would you appreciate Zach and all of the others uh, that serve in those areas? Thank you, Zach. Zach, what are some things that, whether or not it's your experience serving our country um, through the military uh, or now through law enforcement, what are some of the things that you would say, either personally or even observation, are some ways that people in the room and online could say, I want to live a life of honor uh, when it comes to appreciating the safety and, and security of our country? our communities, what are some of the things that would come to mind when you hear those words, honor and dishonor? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to um, education. Um, a lot of people are brought up in different areas of the country, in different ways, uh, whether they're brought up, like the school teacher talked about, um, 
and we're we're in a place right now where it's it's cool to dishonor the country it's cool to dishonor the flag it's cool to burn the flag in the street and um i think for for a small part of the country that's cool but what we hear out on the street most of society still sees that and says no that's not cool most of society looks at that and says that's not honorable um so there's a small facet of people which happen to be the loudest people right now um that says it's cool to burn the flag it's cool to dishonor um and and they're running on a platform of everybody's dishonoring them but in reality it's they're the most dishonorable uh group at the moment so i think but but how do we how do we fix that well i think we can fix that by honoring them okay and a, a lot of people look at law enforcement and they see you know there there's this idea that law enforcement is systemically racist and i can tell you that that's not true um i can tell you that it doesn't matter what color your skin is if your house is on fire i'm still going to be there before the fire department i'm still going to kick the door in and go and make sure that there's nobody in the house i don't assess whether or not your skin's black white brown i don't care the fact is there might be somebody in the house and we need to make sure they get out um so and that goes for law enforcement all across the board you yep. the the way that we do our job is determined by the actions of the people that are standing in front of us not the color of their skin so as law enforcement if we can show them that we can honor them even when they're breaking the law we can have conversations with them we can educate them we can have conversations that that show them hey you know just because you made a bad decision right now doesn't make you a bad person um by by the end by the time that we get them down to the jail um one of the worst parts of law enforcement is the paperwork i can arrest somebody and i've got 6 hours of paperwork before i get them down to the jail so that's 6 hours that i can have a conversation with them because they're sitting in the back of the car and i'm up front doing paperwork and during that 6 hours we can have some pretty deep conversations um and one of the greatest pleasures i take in in work is getting them down to the jail and having them say thank you you know as as they're being escorted back to one of the jail cells and then you know the the jail clerks are looking at me like what why did they just thank you well that that's because we we had a little bit of a conversation and we were able to help yep. um show each other that you know we're we're, we're not bad people yep Let me ask you this sack because you and I have had breakfast a couple of times and we have talked about you know there's no area of society that's perfect. So when people say my pastor's not perfect, I've never met a perfect pastor. We're humans, we all need Jesus like or people say, you know, police aren't perfect or you know, be a, teachers aren't perfect and you know, coaches aren't perfect. There is no perfect person, right? There's one good that's God. And so you and I have talked about are there people in all of these areas that need additional training or coaching or counseling or help it just seems like we could say yes to all of those things like yes we all need to improve but in the moment if we're not careful we let this pendulum go way over to the other extreme um 
what would you say, not, not just in the position you're in, but, but, but even just a Christ follower, just a Christian, what are some practical things that you would say, if we could all learn to do this, I think it would really help when it comes to unity and, and honor? I think never, never stop seeking truth. Okay. But, but what is that? Um, if, you're, if you're looking for truth on social media, you're not going to find it. Uh, because chances are the social media that you're following, it's, it's skewed towards one side or the other. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on, that's generally what you're going to see on social media. Um, you have to be committed to seeking out the truth. Uh, educating yourself on what actual numbers are related to certain incidents. Um, what some of the facts of these different incidents that are going on around the country. Um, and if we can all commit to fully understanding what's actually going on um, and, and educating ourselves, I think we can... We talk a lot about perception. The entire world operates off of perception. And right now, if you're in the perception that, that officers are bad, chances are all of your social media is, is blasting you with all this negative police stuff. If you're in the perception that, um, the, that Black Lives Matter is bad, you're going to be posted, you're going to see nothing but negative towards uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. So it, it, it doesn't, you, you have to look at what, what is the perception of the people that are on the other side. Um, and if, if we can get away from just viewing what our own perception is as being the truth, we, I think that's going to be the best thing that yeah. gets us back to a more centered. I wanted to, I wanted to share with you two stories. So we're getting ready to close. But, um, you know, this week, the staff, I think they were doing it for a day or two maybe. But uh, not only were they delivering all of these platters and care packages to schools, but we were taking them to first responders, we were taking them to the fire department, we were taking them to the police department, and just in a time and a season right now where there's so much tension and so much division, uh, it was amazing to hear all of the good reports coming back from those places that just said, thank you for being thankful, uh, the fact that they got a gift, and so that's really a byproduct of your generosity and giving, but so I wanted to tell you that I feel like this week we're not just preaching and teaching, uh, honor and appreciation. We're trying to live it out uh, as well as a church. But Judge McKinley, uh, land this plane for us. Um, th thank you. Thank you for uh, being on the panel today. I know that you and your family have been working tirelessly daily, uh, and and I appreciated when I asked you to be on the panel today. I came home. I came home one day and. He says that it blew over from the neighbor's house or somewhere. I don't even know where he got it. Uh, but I got home one day, and we have a Judge McKinley sign right by our front door. My wife has like this little like uh, straw man and some mm. pumpkins, and there's a Judge McKinley sign right by this scarecrow or whatever it is that Micaiah found and placed it there. And he's like, Dad, we go to church with this guy. Uh, and I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, but anyway, you were front and center of the Pelkey main entrance. Um, so It's an honor for me to be there. Yeah. The, uh, so a lot of people, a lot of people, Judge McKinley, would say, keep, keep church to Sunday morning. 
Don't take your spirituality to the sports team, the locker room. Don't, don't take your spirituality to the schoolhouse, uh, Nicole. Don't, don't take your spirituality to the six-hour conversation with the paperwork where they're going to tell you thank you. They're going to tell you, you keep it in a building on Sunday morning for an hour or two, and the rest of the week, we don't need to hear about God principles. What, what would you say to that mentality and mindset that would, would, would actually be the opposite, that would say, actually, no, I think we need salt and light, whether or not it's in your position or these other positions? Uh, what, what difference does it make to have Christ Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What, what would you say? What would you say to that? Well, I, th- I think everybody recognizes that we don't want to live in a society where no one honors anyone else, because that's a, a society of uh, division, anger, hostility. We don't want to live in that way. And some of the things that the cases that come into my court were there because of dishonor. So. What's, what's the root of the dishonor that I see? Probably youth not being, uh, feeling as though they're cared for. When a youth doesn't feel cared for, they're very likely to be dishonoring towards others. I, I think, Nat, is it Natalie? Or Nicole, I'm sorry. I think that's what you indicated that you see in your classroom. It's the exact same thing that I see in the courtroom. And so uh, Christianity is quite relevant. I don't have to uh, talk about Christ. I, that's probably be, that's beyond the purview of what a judge is supposed to do. But uh, demonstrating that youth are cared for, that they're valuable, that we believe that they have a good future, is in their best interest. It's it's helps create a society and where everybody wants to. We want to live in that kind of society because we. Uh, if you throw out God, then God takes with him some of the virtues, such as honor. So we don't, we can't preach the gospel. Obviously, that's not something the government does. But we don't want God to take his virtues with him. Mm. We, we want those virtues. We want people to feel cared for. We that's want good. them to feel as though they've got a good future, that, they're, that, that this is the low point of their experience, that they can have a, a great life if they, if they turn things around and, and become law-abiding, and, and they have a sense that they're cared about. And that's, prob- that's a, the most significant thing that they need to, to know is they're cared about. Uh, they're still going to be held accountable for the things that they do wrong. There's, it's not like you get a, a pass. Okay, I now feel cared about, and so I don't need to be held accountable for the wrong things that I've done. The, the youth still has to be held accountable. The, the court's got a responsibility to keep the, the uh, community safe. But, uh, and, and teaching a youth that they are accountable is therapeutic for the child. They need to understand that they are going to be held accountable. At the same time, they've got to understand that there are people that care about them, that believe that they can succeed. So uh, those are those are Christian ideas, yeah, and we good. we need those. That's good. I, um, you know, I say this about every one of you, and I would say it about the whole church. Uh, I am grateful that you're in the position and place that you are, Judge McKinley. I've known you for years now even prior to this position. I've known you for years. And to watch your heart for the community, your heart for your family, your love for your kids, prayers we've prayed together. Um, I'm glad you're in the position you're in. Zach, law enforcement, Nicole teaching, um, Chance working with Bobby Bianchi even now for the city, and and then here part-time 
Regina in the world of counseling. And if I was to look around the room today, and I'm sure online, the reality is that the church was not made. Jesus Christ did not hang on a cross, resurrect from a grave for a church to, to, to be operable and impactful an hour a week. Uh, Christ wants us. Christ wants us to be in our communities, in our subdivisions, in our schools, in our businesses. And so, uh, for all of you, thank you for what you do. Um, and to StorySide, thank you for believing uh, that honor can show up in all of these places. You know, I was reading a study just the other day that if you hold a door open for people, uh, the people that they could be 12, 20 feet out, some even further, they're shocked. They're shocked that someone would hold a door open for them. And we talked last week about just returning a shopping cart. I, I remember taking some of the interns uh, to Walmart and we were picking up trash and different things. And the manager, one of the managers come out and was like, what are you guys doing? And you know, when we told them, well, we have an internship and we're just trying to like return carts and clean, clean up trash. And the manager was just blown away that we would have people there picking up stuff. Uh, we reach out to several of the local mayors. What are the things on your to-do list that right now you don't have the manpower? What could we do? And they'll tell us, you know, if you paint the pavilion, you'll work on this school and mulch this. And on different love days and love weeks, we'll do all that. Mayors are always like, we can't believe. But there's something about just saying, I want my street to be better. I want my school to be better. I want my city, my community to be better. And as a Christ follower, I don't, I don't want to just honor God for an hour or two on Sunday, I wanna honor the place he's positioned me, right? I wanna make this world a better place. You say, well, is Jesus coming? You know, the world can go to hell in a handbasket, Micah, like, let Jesus come. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says tarry until he comes. Uh, you don't just like wait till he comes and gets you. Uh, you be the best Christian and make the best impact that you can make until he comes. And so, I want to share with you, I want to share with you as we get ready to pray, and I'm going to ask Judge McKinley if he'll close us in prayer. But here, here are just some things. We're sharing this at all locations today. Eli Roseberry, one of our interns, he oversees our junior high here, but he's preaching today in Ontario. It's his first Sunday uh, that he has preached a Sunday message. He's in Ontario. Most of you know Eli, uh, sings worship, leads, raps some. How many ever heard Eli rap? I'm, I'm more of a country guy, but I think I only know one rap part ever. When I would, like years back, used to sing like, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl. If I did, I would call it like years back. Anyway, that's the only one I ever know. I, I, don't, I don't know anyone but that one. My face is turning red again. Um, but here's 10 ways to show honor in your community. Ten ways to show honor in your community. Number one, pray for your regional and national leaders. Pray for your regional and national leaders. If you say, Micah, how can I show honor? I just want to give you some practical steps. I'm going to post these later. For those of you that are trying to write them down, I'll share them online. Number two, prioritize the local church. Prioritize the local church. I think communities are better with churches in them. So for 247 churches in our area, pray for them, bless them, drive by them. I've pulled in their parking lot before and prayed over them. Churches are, uh, churches are impactful, I believe, in a city and community, so, so pray for them. Number three, thank someone who serves in our military. Thank someone who serves in our military who has served. Number four, thank law enforcement and first responders for their service. Number five, be generous. 
I've read articles before where they say that people don't even want to serve waiters and waitresses. They don't want the Sunday shift because sometimes Christians won't even tip. And, and people will say, well, I'm not giving you more than I give God. And for a lot of people, that's nothing. Like, but people say, I don't want that shift. Be generous. Be generous. Um, number six, improve your surroundings. You don't have to go to Walmart today and return the cart and pick up the trash, like I said, but there's other things you could do when you leave that room, that place, leave it better. Prove your surroundings. Num number seven, honor a coach or teacher with a gift. I wasn't even sure what Chance was going to share today. You know, a lot of times these coaches are volunteers and stuff, and parents are cussing them and yelling at them and telling them off. And a lot of times coaches, they don't even, if they get anything, it's minimal, but a lot of them get nothing. Honor, honor a coach or a teacher with a gift. Uh, you know, not, not just Nicole sitting up here today, but it doesn't just need to be like one day a year where we're like, thank you for what you do. Let's honor people. Let's honor people. Uh, number eight, be dependable. If you're saying, how can I be honorable? Be dependable. Don't be the one that, that shows up late to work, that wants to leave early, that lies when you call off that they can't trust you with delivering the money bag to the bank or the next hundred things. Be, be dependable. Be the person that your boss, your employer, like if there's one person I could trust, it's her, it's him. Be dependable. Number nine, appreciate volunteers. It could, it could be story side of the community. When's the last, I know, I know sometimes, just giving an example, people could always like check a child in and be like, the line's long and why does this check in person and when's the last time you told them thank you? When's the last time you told the person, you know, I try to roll my window. I'm not just saying this. I try to roll my window down every single morning, dropping the kids off and tell all the volunteers at the little 20 mile per hour flashing light people and the wander waivers, all those people. I always try to have the window rolled down. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Sometimes it's raining and everything. They're out there stopping cars, kids to go through crosswalks. If you want to live an honorable life, appreciate people. Appreciate what they're doing. Number 10, thank healthcare workers, especially in 2020. They have been working their tail off a lot of them. We have stories of people here at our church that with COVID concerns, slept in their garage, had like setups where they weren't even sleeping in the house with their family. They're sleeping other places to, to be in that, that healthcare world. Say thank you. Say we appreciate you. Those are just some practical ways. I know there's a lot more, but if your heart is to say, I want to live a life of honor, I want to honor God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, that, that's a good start. Give your life to Christ. I want to honor God. I want to serve God and I want to honor each other. They would always try to corner Jesus, what's the greatest? He would always say, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, right? All, everything else hinges on those two. How many want to live, I usually will say close your eyes, but on this one, let's do it with eyes wide open. How many of you want to live an honorable life? Want to live an honorable life? Judge McKinley, would you pray a blessing on everyone in the room and online? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you honor us by allowing us the opportunity to be redeemed from our sins. We're thankful for that, Lord. We're thankful that you desire all, all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We're thankful that you uh, set the standard by uh, honoring us. And Lord, we just ask you for help so that we can honor others. Help us uh, live an honorable life. Uh, we, we thank you for uh, the, the system that you've set up in this world where uh, when we honor others, uh, that helps bring your kingdom uh, to this world, and we're thankful for that. We're thankful that you um, just set up a system that works the way it's supposed to when 
uh, we yield ourselves to you, Lord, and we just ask uh, for your blessing. Lord, help us uh, just be filled with your word, be filled with your spirit, so that we uh, treat others and honor others, treat others the way that we would want to be treated. And we just put, uh, pray for blessing on um, just government workers and, and those who lead, just for them to be guided along by you and that they would submit to your authority. And the same uh, blessing for law enforcement. Uh, just be with them, guide them along in, in um, just protecting us and keeping us safe and, and doing so in an honorable manner. And we, Lord, we thank you for the teachers that we have and others who help care for our children and, and healthcare workers. Lord, we're thankful uh, again that uh, when we emulate you, uh, that just makes things work the way that it's supposed to. And uh, we're thankful, Lord, that you have brought salvation to us. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would bring salvation to many more and use Storyside Church to make that happen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.